do you ever want to just outsource everything? I know what that's like. I'm, I'm, as I'm recording this, I'm thinking of everything I want to outsource. And I've outsourced multiple things before, but I've failed. Admittedly, I've failed because I was unable to find the time to really, really document the process. And that's really cumbersome because you know it better than anyone else. And I'm, I'm not just talking about scheduling things on your calendar that an assistant could do. I'm talking about video editing uh, for me um, or setting up the podcast, you know, on its host site and then making sure it's on WordPress and then that's updated and that there's an intro like this and an outro like you'll hear at the end. Uh, there's so many different facets. Now, whatever business you're in, there's things that you truly believe that like you have to be doing and you just are going to lack the patience to wait for someone to do it right or better or whatever it may be. And the problem is you start veering off the path and the path should be towards scaling. And you might be scaling while you're trying to scale. But ultimately that fizzles out because you are going to be inundated with all the new things coming on and customer service, customer success, uh, productivity, quality. I mean, everything that you could think of that goes into a business and how you want it to evolve and succeed, you know, you can scale, but at some point you're going to be behind the more you're involved. I am a huge proponent of outsourcing and I've done it many times. And now I'm embarking on a new journey where I'm hiring a team. Now, I got introduced to Robert Nickel, who's a former investor, real estate investor in Dallas, uh, who was able to successfully manage just a great portfolio until he wasn't able to because of what we just talked about. Uh, there is that critical point where you actually need the help and you have to give up control. And this is a recurring theme, theme in entrepreneurship and solopreneurship for sure. But I had him on because he runs a company of virtual assistants in which you are able to outsource numerous business processes, including process mapping, everything that you haven't documented yet, which is exactly what I talked about earlier. So keep this in mind. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Robert Nickel is the CEO of Rocket Station where you could outsource all of your business processes. And remember, Rich Cardona Media is the sponsor for this podcast, where we film, edit, and distribute video content specifically for LinkedIn, but content you could use anywhere else you'd like as well. We are a done-for-you service because I know how tough it is to keep up with content of my own because of everything else going on in the business. I'm sure, I mean, I know, Many of you are in the same boat and would just be relieved to know that you can record for less than an hour a month with us, have a month's worth of content that will be distributed, edited, and then distributed for you. And then you don't have to worry about it, but you do have to engage with the people that engage with you. So that is something we can't do and that you should do. And that will lead to more prominence in your thought leadership, or business development or lead generation 
all of the above. You can email Eliza, E-L-I-Z-A, at richcardonamedia.com if interested. Let's get to the show. Hey, everyone. So you just heard the intro and I got my guest here and I'm, I'm really, really excited. I told him I, I would do the intro so he wouldn't have to give me his biography. But Robert, can you please introduce yourself and uh, tell me what your company is and what they do in 60 seconds or less? Yeah, Robert Nichols, CEO, founder of Rocket Station. We are an outsourcing provider. We really are a two-trick pony. We do system and process development. So that is your training development videos, every, everything that happens in the day-to-day business, we, we like to itemize that and create training manuals with that. So there's a lot of transparency into what's happening into your business. And then the other thing we do is dedicated virtual teams. So from inside sales to accounting and bookkeeping to um, administrative tasks or what some people call um, virtual assistants or administrative assistants, we are dedicated virtual teams. Got it. So Look, I, I just right before we started uh, chatting and, and I pressed record, I was talking to you about the fact that, you know, I really wish I would have thought about outsourcing a little bit earlier. I, I wouldn't say I was late, but I realized that the value is, is there. But I, I want to go into systems and processes right off the bat. Uh, before this, I worked at Amazon and I was an operations guy. It was all about systems and processes and metrics and, you know, improvement and everything, right? So, when it comes to that, as an entrepreneur, um, I'm curious as to the manner in which you help. Meaning, do people need you to help develop the process, refine the process, or what do you see is the thing, the glaringly obvious, oh my gosh, we can help you right now? Most of the time, what we see, it, it's pretty standard across the board for, for all of us. We all have a pretty similar journey in that we know our business end-to-end for the most part. And there's not usually a task, a department, anything that's happening in the day-to-day where we don't feel like we could be the best ambassador for our company to be, to be able to perform those tasks. So we all have to, to go through that process at our own speed. So and, and at the end of the day, it makes a lot of sense to have a little bit of anxiety around what's happening with every single thing that's going on in the business. It totally makes sense to have some fear every time the phone rings that that call is answered correctly, whether it's a sales call or a customer support call, because your sales call is the lifeblood of your business and keeping and retaining customers is what it's all about once they come in, right? So having some anxiety about how everything's done totally makes sense. So the way most entrepreneurs and businesses leverage us is not to understand systems and processes. It's not understanding what needs to be done in the business. It's really just taking a step back, being able to look at your business from a little bit different perspective, because when you're in it every single day, like Rich, if I called you at the end of today and I said, hey man, how was your day? You'd say, it's great. It was great. I I crushed it. I killed it. I got a ton of things done. I see your board, all the things we talked about, the million things you've got going on back there, right? And I said, okay, well, what'd you do today? You'd say, what do you mean? I did tons of things. I, my, my day was full. But if I, I would have to keep pressing you to ask you what you actually, you'd have to think about it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when I pick up my three-year-old nephew from his preschool <laughs> and I ask him what he did that day, it's like I have to pull it out of him because we're all so busy and we're getting through our day. We know what we're doing. We know how to do it. Very rarely do we stop, think about what we're doing, the processes we're going through. We just kind of get through it and we've got a lot to do and our schedules are busy. So we just, so we're not there to tell you how to run your 
business. We're not there to tell you anything that you don't really already know. But what we are is a sounding board. We're experts in systems and process and automation. And there's not a software or a process that, that we haven't seen or developed at this point. And so what we are is, one, we're a great sounding board to just go through and evaluate your systems and processes and see if there's any opportunity for efficiency or automation, number one. And then number two is very few companies of any size have their daily structure written down. So most of what you do, you probably know because it's in your head. It's same with every entrepreneur that comes through. It Very little is written down. So when they answer the phone, they know how to answer the phone. They know what to say. But then to ask them how to train someone else or to, to ask them what, you know, exactly to do, it's, kind of, it's this big overwhelming thing to create training because we know what to do, but to stop and create those processes and those things. It, it's a really hard thing for entrepreneurs to do. So that's what we do. We take everything that's inside your head, Rich. We pull it out. We put it in a, a beautiful format, whether that's <laughs> video or, or, you know, we've all seen the really amazing step-by-step system processes where you see everything that's happening for every single thing. And why do we do that? Do you need to know every single set? No, but when we pull it out of your head, Rich, now we've got structure mm -hmm. that other people can stand on and then leverage as possible. And now all of a sudden we can grow and we can get more done and, and hiring people becomes a whole lot easier. So for us, that system and process is the foundation. It's where we start. We require everyone to go through that process with us, no matter where you are, because that's what creates transparency. That's what creates alignment. That's what allows you to take everything out of your head, put it down. And then sometimes it's like, man, I was doing a bunch of things I probably shouldn't have been doing or had certain processes in place just because I was getting through. We'd never really take a step back to think about what we're doing because we're just crushing our day. We're getting through it. We're so busy. And at the end of the day, we've got to just get things done, Yes. right? So for systems and processes, what, what we do is we just, if I can, you know, I've been talking too much here, uh, monologuing about it, but what we do is we just take what's in your head and, and create a really pretty format so that other people can take what's in your head and do it exactly the way you want that done. This is making me laugh because we've had so many different 1099s come in and it has made me someone who's a former Marine a retired Marine question my ability to communicate and my leadership. And the last go we had was someone who was fantastic. And the reason they were fantastic was because I made the 16 slide bullshit Canva step-by-step -step, everything with pictures and arrows. And if you see this, then do this. And what everyone has been telling me for a while now is that you have to document every single thing that you do. Now, let me ask you this question. Everything you said completely makes sense. But why do entrepreneurs like me or you or whoever else, like, why do we feel like that can wait? Like, what is it that makes us say, you know, that, that can wait and I'm sure I'm the only one who could do this? Yeah, a couple things. I, I, I think it, it logically kind of makes sense as, as entrepreneurs because one, part of who we are, part of our inner drive is to keep moving, progress, move forward. So to spend time, and it takes considerable time, 
to document everything and to confirm it. And they, because once you document, it doesn't mean you document it well, because trying to execute what you just documented, like sometimes like it makes sense to you, but if yeah. you, you gave it to someone else, it wouldn't make sense. So it takes, so to slow down, I think for us entrepreneurs, there's something inside of us that just naturally, it feels like lack of progress. It feels like, oh, we can't slow down because we've got other more important things to do, which you know, at the very beginning, if you don't have much of a business and there's not much going on, that that might be okay. That sure. might be true. But as soon as there's any level of complexity whatsoever, you absolutely have to document it. But why are we so hesitant to let that go? Well, if you work as hard as you do, and you work as hard as I do, and I know everybody listening, I know how hard they're working and the effort that they put in, the amount of energy and exhaustion that it takes to run a business the thought of handing some of those things off to someone who may not perform it as well as you, that task as well as you think it should be performed, that is an emotionally overwhelming, exhausting, fear-inducing. I mean, that it totally makes sense, right? Because we have put so much of our life into creating our business to then give it to someone to go screw up. I don't know about you, but that sounds terrible. You're right on. And let me tell you what it is. It's that it's the knowledge. It's not even instinctual. It, this is like matter of fact. Like no one is going to care about your business more than you. Like that's just the way it is. Like no one's going to wake up and be thinking about it. People will be, if they do work for the business, they'll be thinking like, oh, I got work today and I got to think about what I got to do. I'm thinking about what I have to do, what I have to do five years from now, who I got to talk to today, what can I get off my plate? Uh, am I over-delivering for my clients? Am I charging enough? Am I charging? Am I undercharging? I mean, there's all this, the, the, the enormity of the things that you think about uh, are, are so much. So when, you, when you're saying it's emotionally exhausting, it's probably because I think we approach it cynically. You know, like there's a level of yeah. pessimism associated with it. And I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like, why, like, why, why can't we, or how can we, I guess is a better question. Yeah. yeah. Here's what I think. Okay. Here's what I think. All of us get into business, not for the business, right? I started in real estate. I was investing and flipping in houses and learned wholesaling. That's where I really learned and understood the power of leverage. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the book we've all read. And I thought I understood leverage, but until you go apply those principles until you try to go build a business yourself. You don't, you don't really get it. So how do we get there and, and how do we solve that problem? It's absolutely about just staying focused on why we're doing it, right? And so we all, what I was going to say is none of us, I didn't get into real estate because I was necessarily passionate about real estate. Real estate is a vehicle. It's a tool. There's other things in my life that I care about. I was building a business because I wanted to be a better I wanted to be a better son. I wanted to be a better um, uncle to my nephews. I want to be able to have some freedom to spend my life and doing the things that I actually care about. I think that's why most of us as entrepreneurs get into businesses because we have these hopes, dreams, and aspirations of a better life that we want to create for ourselves and our families. My clients, they want to be better dads. They want to be better husbands. They want to go on vacation and have more money on the, in the bank when they come back than they did when they left. Right. Like that's what they want. And our businesses is the vehicle to get us the life that we want. And so I, I think that that's why the emotional toll, I think that's what, where it comes from is because our business is just a reflection of who we are, where we're trying to go. Right. I, I, I think 
for most of us. That's because it's like, we, we don't, we care about the business, but we care about our families. We care about our life. We care about what the business can provide us. And so the idea of then destroying that business by doing something wrong and then it damaging our opportunity for a better life. I think that's where the anxiety comes from. And I think it just needs to be a reframing of that. And what, for me personally, I have to experience things. I can read it all the time, but, but I have to experience it. So in real estate, it was all about marketing enough to get the phone ring so that I could find the opportunity in real estate. And that, that was the business that I learned that I had to be sitting at the kitchen table, signing contracts to either get a listing sign in the front yard. You know, this is 2008 and nine when I was just getting into real estate or to, to get an investment deal. I had to negotiate a price and get a contract where I could get contractors in the next day. I was going to be able to do a deal. So to run my business, I had to market, the phone had to ring. I had to do all the analysis. I had to get the financing. There's all these things that had to get done. And so for myself, I had a hard cap on what I was able to do, Rich, because I did everything myself. So for me, that was about three real estate transactions a month. Mm -hmm. Okay. And real estate was just this vehicle to provide me this better life. But what ended up happening was now I'm working 80 hours a week in the real estate business and not living the life that I was supposed to live because I was just doing every single thing myself. Right. And so the first person well, to be totally candid with you, I didn't hire virtually at first. I tried Craigslist. I tried friends oh, yeah. and family. I tried yeah. bringing people into my office. None of it worked, right? No. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't good at all. And I, and I did not have enough structure. So once we created that process of being able to create systems and document processes, right, then I understood where my real pain points were. And that was mostly like, Rich, I told you I need to be sitting We all have different things we need to be doing to generate revenue in our business, right? For me, that was getting contracts, doing deals. And so, but in order to do that, the phone was ringing and there was research that had to be done. And so the first time I hired somebody to to answer the phone from those mortgage, I was so nervous and I was freaking out and I'm listening to every one of their calls and it's like nails on a chalkboard, me listening to them and they're ripping up like, oh no, they sound terrible. (laughs) I'm like freaking out, right? But then Rich, this amazing thing happened. I was getting more appointments and I was able to get more contracts because someone else was answering the phone. Yes. And it, it was this weird thing that happened. I was like, even if they screw up a couple calls, which I didn't want them to screw up any calls. I didn't want them to screw up anything ever. But even if they did, I was doing more deals, yes. making more money and the business was growing even with somebody doing it not as well as I was doing it. So for me, I wish I could say, oh, just principally, I understood these concepts and I just went and applied it right out the gates from 2008 when I started my first business. And I just, that, that's why we are where we are today. I was just successful right out of the gate. No, I had to go learn these mm-hmm. concepts of leverage. I felt that same anxiety and fear as everyone else. But by applying and having some people help me, what I realized was my business was only going to be as good and as big as the people that I surrounded myself with. If it was just me, my business was only going to be as big and as good as I was. And I thought I was pretty talented, but working 80, 90 hours a week and only making so much money like that's that to me was not the life that I was going for. And so by adding in some support, adding in some help and doing that the right way, it just totally changed my life. And then the business put me on a trajectory to have the life that I was actually looking to have. So I, I know that's a too long-winded answer. No, 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 not at I all. I think is kind of the steps to overcome that, that anxiety of giving up some of those tasks. It's funny. There's this is a meme I saw years ago when entrepreneurship 
or starting a business was kind of like a flickering light bulb in my head. And the meme said, entrepreneurs are the only people who would quit an 80 hour a week job for a 120 hour a week job, you know, and for less pay probably in the beginning. And I, and I thought that was funny. Definitely. But I, I think what you said about people doing it, maybe not as good as you, but it's still leading to revenue and business growth is really important because I think our flaws really start to come out the more we don't decide to outsource. Like whatever chinks there are in your armor, you're just not going to be able to perform everything well. And obviously I'm, I'm really kind of big on the visionary integrator kind of roles there are. But let me ask you this. I'm in this place right now personally, and, and I'm, I'm saying this because I'm, I'm sure there's other entrepreneurs out there in the same boat where I am definitely in the business in places where I don't need to be. Uh, I'm planning on, you know, delegating and we're planning on making like a big hire here soon. But there needs to be space to educate yourself. I mean, you were talking about market analysis and we're talking about real estate, but we could talk about any business. But there has to be a level of increasing education and exposure to concepts that you don't know or else you will just be leaning into your expertise, which there's nothing wrong with. But if you're not evolving, then the business is just going to look the same in a year. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's easy for us to, you know, I said that no one can do anything better than you. I think that is just a, a false narrative that we tell ourselves as the entrepreneur, because what happens pretty quickly when you hire really talented people is you realize that nobody can do certain things better than you, right? There is a couple, there's a handful of things and a handful is probably even pushing it. There's two or three things max that I am truly the best in our organization. And, and that may even be overstepping it because when you look at all the things, as an, you, you mentioned visionary, I play more of that role. I try to Same. play more of the visionary role than integrator in my business. When I try to step into the integrator role, I'm not as good as people who are talented integrators at fulfilling that. So we have on the operations side, people as integrators that they're fundamentally, they function a little bit different than say like our sales team who are driven by, you know, motivated and driven just a little bit differently, a little bit different type of person. So, I mean, I just, the, I, I kind of humor uh, the conversation around nobody can do it better than you, but I just think that's honestly a totally false narrative. I just say that so people will, will continue to listen because if I just jump in and say that's absolutely not true, people tune me out right out the gates, but it's just not true. It's just a false narrative we tell ourselves. And the truth is we, it's, there. The workforce is amazingly talented. I think as entrepreneurs, we tell ourselves too that finding good people is hard. And that is true because it's a process and you have to have a process to, to be able to find talented people and have them be successful. I mean, it's not easy to go through that process, but there is absolutely let's, super talented, amazing people out let's there. Let's talk that about that. Do lots of your business better than you. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Like finding talented people. I really believe that, that that's something people just don't believe. Like in the beginning stages of business, I always am, am, am trying to be that person that preaches like, just pay yourself last. Like just make sure you have your necessities taken care of. But it's not about, you know, it's not about getting new things. It's about reinvesting in the business and more importantly, reinvesting in people, which will help you scale the business. Now, you said it's, it's hard to find talented people. What happens when you're in a situation where you can't make what is, in your opinion, a formidable offer 
to someone of the talent that you want. And they don't have to be like you. We've already kind of covered that, but someone who could substantially bring value and help take a lot off your plate. How do you go about that? And how do you go about that when maybe you don't have the capital to give them what they probably need? Yeah, so I think um, oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we get overwhelmed and we have all these things. So the first hire that we oftentimes try to make or the first couple hires is basically to have like a right hand or in some way we want this like equal in our minds, right? Where they're not a partner, they're not going to get any equity, but we want them to come in and just be able to run with things. And, and so then we think of like having to have a big title, a big paycheck, this massive thing, like contractually going to have to figure this out. Now am I an HR like am I now having to figure out HR, right? So I, I think that's also usually a mistake because most businesses, before they need those super big expensive hires, what they need is their day-to-day. What they need is a really good customer experience, whether it's on the front end before they become clients or it's customer support once they, they become an account for you, once they become a client. So we have uh, clients that partners of ours that are software companies that build these amazing softwares that their net promoter scores are low. And it has nothing to do with the ability of the software. It's just the, the client's ability to use the software effectively and get to their goals and outcomes. So we come in and we are able to just by doing high level, level one support, walkthrough, being there for people to be able to answer questions, all of a sudden the net promoter score and the the lifetime expectancy of these clients is going through the roof because there's some engagement and customer support. And that's not a super expensive hire, but when the phone is ringing, somebody needs to answer it. When the emails are coming through, they need to be responded to. And you, you put a chat bot on your website. I mean, ultimately it's not really worth anything unless there's somebody behind it at some point that's going to engage. And so I think that usually the first step, the first couple hires is the first thing you need to do is either buy yourself or work with someone like us is to map out your systems and processes, map Mm -hmm. out what's happening in the day to day. And in that process, what you'll understand is that there's many things that you're doing throughout the day that are absolutely not the highest and best use of your time. It's just an absolute fact that there will be things that you, you should not necessarily be doing yourself. And if you document those things, then you usually can get a huge percentage of the daily tasks, the ancillary tasks that are important, that have to be done, that are necessary, but aren't mission critical and have to have your two cents and your brain power on every single thing. It's just people inquiring about your business or engaging with your website or whatever it takes to build your business in e-commerce. We have it all the time. Like people want to build a fully automated e-commerce platform. The e-commerce platforms that are crushing are the ones that provide some customer support and answer the phone if somebody calls. And so those e-commerce stores don't need to hire a big expensive COO. They need to hire a customer support team, an inside sales team to grow the business. So my opinion, Rich, is companies get to the point where they can afford the big the big titles and those big people to come in and take on the huge roles. Once you have a stable platform that's making some money, and then you're going to attract a higher level C-suite person because you've got a proven model. So the first step, usually, in my opinion, is to not hire super expensive people. It's let's document your systems and processes. Let's create some structure. Then let's get the right team in place. I mean, we're $10 an hour 
mm-hmm. flat fee. It's not even an in, in, independent contractor. It's a service provider that can do every single one of these tasks that we talked about from administrative tasks to inside sales, to bookkeeping, to customer support, to your social media management. I mean, you can hire super high level talented people at $10 an hour. There's really no excuse mm-hmm. not have those things done. That's what grows the business. As the business grows, you get some revenue, you got some capital. Now you can reinvest in maybe a C-suite level team, maybe some higher level technology infrastructure, may, maybe some of those things. Yeah. But usually sales and customer support is what changes the business, not having super expensive, high-level employees. (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about the overwhelm. Uh, We've talked about, you know, the mental energy and the exhaustion on on the actual business owner. But tell me the risks for the business itself when these things start to get flooded and when delegation is not happening, when outsourcing is not happening, and when documentation is not taking place. Oh man, I like that's that, you know, I see all these things all the time. Like if I send someone an email and I get these auto-generated responses, like I check my emails at this time and this time and I'll respond to you in a week if you're lucky between these hours. And I'm like, are you Warren Buffett? I mean, like how, how important can you be? Right. And to me, it's not, you're not showing me how impressive you are. You're showing how like either you you need to put more systems and processes something in place. I mean, this entire booking to get onto this show, Marianne, my assistant, she ran that whole thing. And I think it looked like I was engaged in that process to get here. But really at the end of the day, I saw that this was booked. I spent some time to get prepared, mm-hmm. watch some of your shows, make sure I, I understand who you are and your background so I can try to provide as much value as possible. <laughs> but I wasn't involved in get, scheduling that and preparing and, and our mutual friend, Jeremy Knopf, that, that set it up. Like that was all done through through Marianne, right? Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't have to do any of that stuff. So that that to me is like, it's it, you've got to get out of that exhaustion mode by by getting things off of your plate that you shouldn't be doing in the day-to-day. So, um, I mean, I don't know if that answers your question. No, so let me, let me rephrase it. So the business as a whole, what do you start to see fall apart? Like, where are, what are some indicators that you are really headed to a bad place because you have failed? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I totally missed your question. No, 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 that you're is good. An awesome, that's an awesome question. It makes all the sense in the world. I mean, I've personally felt that anxiety going going to bed at night and feeling like there's too many things that are happening and I'm not in control of everything and there's emails I need to respond to and text messages are piling up. And uh, honestly, for for me, and I, I don't know how to speak uh, in, for anyone else's experience, but I'll speak for the experience that I had. It became pretty obvious that I needed help once I was dropping the ball and it was just so obvious that I was the bottleneck, there was complaints coming through about my lack of response time, not getting back with you. And, and it's embarrassing to say, and I've come a long way since then, but I used to think that I had to control everything. It would be for rich for me. It was just so glaringly obvious when I'm getting text messages with people saying, Hey, I sent you an email. Why haven't you responded? And there's all these things happening. And the only time the ball was dropping was, on me. Yeah. Right. And our, I would miss emails. I would miss things. Right. So, um, and to be totally candid with you, I missed personal events and things would slip in my personal life because I would get so chaotic at work and I had so many things going on that I was dropping the ball at home. 
And for me, like waking up one day and saying, man, like I'm screwing up at work, which is dragging over at home. Like it to me, my personal experiences, it just, I was the bottleneck. People were letting me know that consistently. And I wasn't able to grow or fulfill the business in the way that we really want. I essentially wasn't keeping the promises that I was making and we were making as a company because I was dropping the ball. That's when I had to have a wake up call and say, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not good in my personal life and the business isn't going to be able to survive. When you discovered what you needed, I always believe that people who acutely feel something themselves are able to solve that problem for other people. So tell me about how you decided to be like, I'm going to solve this for a lot of other people than me because I see the value in it. Yeah, it's that's exactly the the creation of our, our of Rocket Station and why it exists is our our mission is enhance lives through better business. And I just felt that if people went through these couple steps that I finally figured out, if you just go through this couple steps, then it's almost guaranteed success. Is it always easy? No, but if you just start by documenting systems and processes because one like i said we all kind of know our business and the reason we're entrepreneurs and we burn our boats and we go all in is because we believe in the business and we believe in what we're doing i hope or i, or I don't think you should be doing what you're doing right so if we believe in the business we got a strong business we document our systems and processes that is absolutely step one to being able to have any kind of momentum any kind of growth whatsoever and there that creates the road. I, I almost think of it as like, it's like the bumpers in the bowling alley. Yes. If you have a script, now you've got structure. Those are the lines on the freeway that, you know, <laughs> the, you're, the fancy cars today that you can kind of take your hands off the wheel because they'll keep you inside the lines. I mean, those lines are your systems and processes, your structure, your boundaries, your rules. You don't have to create rules in an organization other than documenting systems and processes. There's the rules. That's how everything should work. That's how things should flow, right? So that helped me really understand my business. And I, and I just looked around and no one had that. No one had any structure in how they would train people. We all had pain. We hire people. It's a disaster. We fire them. Then we sit around at masterminds and meetings and, and group <laughs> talk. It's like, hey, talk about how terrible it is to manage people and hire teams. And I was like, that, that is absolutely not the way it should be. So once I figured out, I could document systems and processes. And Rich, I hired people to help me do that. Yes. And I, that, I tried to do it myself forever. But then at some point, I hired someone to do it. I worked on it for six months by myself. It was terrible. I hired Hold on somebody. a second. So you hired people to actually help you write the processes? Oh, yeah. To pull it all out of my head and create. Because <laughs> what happened was I did my, my training videos and I documented the processes. And then nobody could do anything with them. Yes, I had to sit there and explain to I've been the there. same way, just like over and over. And I was like, it takes me more time to train somebody and go through this process than it is just do it myself. So I got, I had to get some help so I could create resources that were usable instead of just being like, oh, I want somebody to answer the phone and then throw them on. They're terrible. And then I, I write a script out that I thought was well-written and then they used the script I wrote. It, and I'm like... It's just, I was a poor manager is what, what it came down to. And it, there was no structure and there was no, there was no rules in place. So, and I looked around and all of, none of my friends had it. I was all these, nobody had. So that was the first thing is just required. I, I built a team that could do that really well. And for free for a long time, Rich, for over a hundred people 
we did that for free. We just built their systems and processes and then just helped them find great virtual teams by just going through the process that we went through. And that first step was systems and processes. And then we created an awesome recruiting funnel right now. Um, you know, we're screening over 4,000 applications a month and our company's what? <laughs> less than 2% of those people. So, I mean, it's, what's one of the core functions of what we do is identifying the perfect people for these roles within, within organizations. But we had to create a machine to make that happen because as entrepreneurs and business owners, what we really want is plug and play. Like if I need a bookkeeper, I want to be able to just plug somebody in there who's going to be a great bookkeeper. Our model is if we can understand your business, if we can be aligned with you and what you're trying to accomplish, we will document your systems and processes and then give you three, four, five candidates to interview on a Zoom call just like this that are a perfect fit for that role. It is a done for you. That's what I wanted, Rich. Yes. I wanted that in my real estate business. I wanted that as I started to scale. There was companies out there that essentially promised that and made some big promises about essentially having that easy button to get roles done and it didn't exist. And every and we all wanted it. I wanted it. And over, since 2013, that's been the mission. And we feel like we, we've done that better. We've created an amazing service that actually does that for people. If you Google us, you'll see over a yeah. hundred Google reviews of people saying that exactly. And it's because we, for seven years, we've perfected this process of documenting systems and processes and my team in the Philippines, we have a massive infrastructure around recruiting and training so that our client partners can simply just get aligned with us. We have a discovery call and then we can plug and play team members where they want to go. But you control and drive the bus, right? Like at the end of the day, it's your business. I want people you're excited about working in your business. So we'll give you five, six options of people that are a great fit or more if you don't like those candidates. But the idea is that you're going to interview, you're going to pick somebody, it's a great fit, it's going to function exactly like an employee, but just a service agreement. We take all the HR liability, everything off of your plate. So we just created what we what I wanted. As a business owner, I wanted to have those things. I wanted my system processes done, and then I just wanted to have people in place that I knew were going to be rock stars. I wanted their background checks done, I wanted their drug screening, I wanted their resumes called, I wanted everything done on that huge list that we all know to go through checklist of hiring that none of us are willing to go through. <laughs> I wanted that. And that's what we created. So that's why we did it. That's why I started this business is because I felt like everyone needed this solution. Let me ask, this is a question I've gotten so many times and I have to admit, I, I have experienced it as well. The feeling that you need especially for some of these, like I would say maybe an EA or, or someone who, who it, it just is going to be better in person versus remote. That the belief that you need physically to be able to see them, for them to see how you operate, watch you, listen to you, see how you take calls and all these different things. Like there seems to just be this inherent advantage. And there's people like you who are like, absolutely not, that's not required. So what is it that, that makes that True, meaning that the virtual works, that these people can operate from half a world away and really crush it for you. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, we have all kind of become more aligned in this since March of this year. And, and since we've been entered into this global pandemic, we, since 2013, have been telling people this is possible. And not only it's possible, but 
as a business operator, it's one of the best options that that you can make for your business. And because of the the pandemic things that have happened, it's not just halfway across the world. Companies are having to figure it out in their local communities. Their employees yes. that you know, there's I live here in Dallas. I can see all these skyscrapers outside. My, these are all commercial buildings with that that are empty even yep. to this day, right? Yep. And so. What they, everybody's almost overnight kind of figured out that it's totally possible to have a completely remote workforce and it doesn't matter the role. Now, can you have someone remotely go pick up your dry cleaning and do shop for groceries? And well, kind of, you know, Amazon offers some cool things. There's some services out there, but there, there may be some tangible things that you have to have somebody in the office for. But if you look at the most successful companies, across the globe. And I like to look everything from, you know, the big index companies from the fortune 500s to the service providers that, that we all know and respect, they've been outsourcing and leveraging overseas teams for a long, long time, which yeah. is part of what's created some of the negative images of what outsourcing is and what overseas teams are, because we've all had some negative experience with overseas teams. Yes. What's changed about today is that technology's progressed so much. The tools are so advanced. The internet is amazing. The bridge has just been gapped. So instead of, of not being able to get the best talent, we can find the best talent. We can get amazing employees. We can create the system and infrastructure to be able to provide the experience that I think is equal. Now, and that includes culture for the most part, right? Because what I was going to say is now most people get all worked up about like, well, how do I create this remote culture? I'm big on culture and team and, and coming from the Marines, no one's going to get that more than you, right? I, I would argue one of the, the most tight, closest guarded cultures that exist oh, yeah. in the universe is, is what you guys have in the Marines. And, and it's amazing, right? But are you guys all together all the time? <laughs> no way look at the military i mean talk about remote team remote workforce with one of the most amazing cultures in the world so uh, we as a company we just mimic the greatest organizations in the world and we just wanted to provide what what we view as the highest level world-class service down to the entrepreneur we didn't think that you had to be a dell computers or a microsoft to be able to have access to these resources, to be able to have access to amazing customer support teams or amazing bookkeeping teams or inside sales and not have to pay what's, uh, you know, pay these exorbitant rates to do it. We didn't feel like you had to be a Fortune 50 company to have some of these options. So it's not only possible, but technology has, has made it very, very doable. And then companies like ours take all the, the obstacles and all the things that make it hard and we essentially hold your hand and do that for you. Now, Rich, if you want to go figure it out on your own, and I'm not going to pretend that it's easy. Okay. Like if you want to build teams and just figure it out on your own and just, it's going to be a learning curve. It's going to be a long learning process, but totally doable. If you reach out and get some help, I mean, clients far as they're up and running in a couple of weeks from first discovery call to team members running at full capacity takes three to four weeks max. So I mean, it's not only possible, but today, because of technology, where we are globally, the way the workforce is positioned, it's totally doable. The resources, I mean, Zoom, everybody's so sick of Zoom, but man, what an amazing resource and tool yeah. it is. Uh, Marianne, I mentioned her, executive assistant. She's, yeah, she's on great. essentially every single call that I'm on. She's a part of everything. She can, she can work in my voice. I mean, it is as if she sits next to me. 
And pre-COVID, Rich, I was never in the office anyways. I mean, that's the truth of it. I was never there. I spent hundreds of thousands of miles on the road and flying. I was never, I was never in the office. So that that it's it's just another false narrative we tell ourselves because it feels good, I think, to see somebody sit next to us, to have that tangible thing, to be able to to you know fire off a few comments, be able to, you know, hang up the phone and look over and you know. But the, is that necessary? Is it important? <laughs> Let me ask uh, one final question then. And, uh, and then I'll definitely ask where people could find you and, and uh, where they could look the company up as well. But speed matters in business. And what we're talking about without overtly having talked about it is the capacity to speed up what we're trying to do. You know, the goals that we're trying to hit, the revenue that we're trying to increase, the brand that we're trying to create awareness for. With this and an overseas team potentially that you could bring on board and obviously, like you mentioned, very affordable, uh, completely comparable to the talent we could find here that we know we don't need next to us now through this interview. Um, the issue of speed, because there is a time difference. So for someone like me who's obsessive about, okay, here's my deadline. Wait a second, but now I can't contact so-and-so until this and then they're going to contact me while I'm sleeping. Tell me how someone like me could get over that and and, and just just really kind of capitalize on what a benefit it is and how it actually doesn't slow down the speed of your business. Our teams work real time. So whatever your business hours are, it, it, even though they're across the globe, uh, sitting in the Philippines, they still work your hours. So we're, we're central standard time here in Dallas. We have teams that work way outside of those hours because by the time start of day happens at, at 8 a.m. for our teams, all of our reports are in and we're ready to go. We're not waiting till 10, 11 noon to get reports and data from the day before the week before the monthly updates we we have our teams going so we we look at it as pretty much a 24 7 workforce and so it's a complete advantage in in that way so part of that discovery process with us is we will do a time study on exactly what's happening when in your business so that's a lot that's one of the concerns people have is, well, what if my phone's not ringing all the time? I only have so many emails coming in. And how do I structure these multitask jobs, right? The phone rings 10 times a day. What the heck else are they doing all day, right? Well, that's part of that structure that you put in place. That's part of having systems and processes up front, right? It's like that, that is the real advantage of that. So firms like us pretty much eliminate those obstacles and the time difference. It's just, it's real time. They, they should work. And I'm not saying that's how it always works. If you go sure. hire on your own, you can structure it however you want, but, but our teams work in real time. We think it's important to have that, that immediate response and rich. The goal is and how it functions. And the reason we have so many great Google reviews is because your entire sphere will have no idea your teams are in the Philippines. <laughs> they will just assume they're sitting there. And one of my favorite stories is we went to, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and we have a great service provider there that has a bunch of our team members. And we were, there's a, a maintenance call where they've got a bunch of maintenance techs and teams on the road. Okay. And we were doing a team meeting. The guys came in, they needed a signature on something. And they were commenting and they were talking about one of the guys who said, Oh, well, we need to go. Just tell him he did a great job on the service ticket. And we appreciate it. And they're like, no, you, you can't. They're like, no, he's he's here today because you were gay. They're like, no, 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 he's in the Philippines. So their company is so big and they had so much going on. They didn't even know a portion of their own team was across the globe in the Philippines because <laughs> it just functions as if it's wow. part of the process. And it is, right? It's just another team member in the day-to-day. Nobody should have any idea or really even think about them not being in your office, whether it's 
your team members for your company. Yep. It'll function just like they're sitting right there um, in your office. And then for whether it's your clients, whether it's your customers, whether it's perspectives, uh, you know, your your vendor partners, none of them will have any idea your teams are based in the Philippines. It'll be just like they're sitting right there in your office. Got it. Well, look, for everyone listening, uh, definitely, well, uh, before I ask you where people can find you, the the entire premise of this is the importance of business process outsourcing and someone who understands it intricately and has been able to effectively build a team, an army, so to speak, of people who can do it for you. Uh, the reluctance does not need to exist. And that is exactly uh, why we had this podcast. So you're a small to medium-sized business, then you're definitely going to want to connect with Robert. And that being said, Robert, where can people find you and the business? I would encourage them to just go to rocketstation.com. There's lots of great information there. But anybody, we out the our development team, if they're honest and sincere about this process, whether you're ready to hire a VA or not, what we will do is we will spend 30, 45 minutes with anybody who's, who wants to know more about this, they're honest and sincere about these concepts, we're happy to provide whatever value we can for anybody that, that's listening to this and wants that. So if you want a free, no obligation, no strings attached discovery call to just understand how these concepts could apply to you and your business, if you're like, hey, outsourcing makes sense, these concepts make sense, but I'm not sure how, it, how would that would work for me, then just email our dev team, Brooks. Greg Brooks, is he's director of, of business development. His team is the one that does all this. They're amazing. His email is Brooks, B R O K S at rocketstation.com. Tell them you heard the podcast and they'll they'll take great care of you. And I that that to me is the most valuable thing I think we can offer just some of our time to help anybody who who is looking for a little bit of help. Other than that, the website, we've got lots of great resources uh, at rocketstation.com. And um, you can also contact us there directly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all your time and all the insight. Uh, everyone, please feel free to give me a shout out. If you have any feedback you'd like me to pass on, or if you have any comments, uh, definitely let me know. And Robert, thanks again. I really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. I, I love the show. So I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. There you have it, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Please, if you got anything out of it, uh, definitely, number one, contact the guest and let them know. Uh, you give me feedback as well if you'd like, or you can rate it and review it, which will really, really, really make a difference and just be something that I will be incredibly grateful for. Thank you very much for listening and just get after it. You got this. <laughs>